This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code, the show up dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. That is why we have created this marriage series, a platform for husbands and wives to come on and share what they do to be successful. Today, I'm joined with my beautiful wife, Jenny, to host our guests, Nicole and Tim Arrigo. Tim has been on our show previously on the episode Facing Your Pain and had some wonderful insight for listeners. We asked him to come on this episode with his wife to share what they have had to overcome and to breathe life into our listeners' marriages. Tim is a life breakthrough coach helping you to break free from self-destruct and reignite your marriage. Nicole is a certified doula, and together they have two children. Welcome to our show. Thanks so much, guys. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for coming on again, Tim. Uh, Like I said in the introduction, it was so much fun the last time. You brought so much great information and and just knowledge to our listeners. And I just wanted to bring you guys on here because I've been seeing that you've been talking a lot about marriages and relationships and stuff like that. So I just wanted to bring you two guys on here to share what you do successfully. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again. Uh, I I love coming on here, man, and and sharing what we can with people and just providing value. And, you know, it's all about having the right people and the right tools to create success in our lives in in any area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Can you guys kind of tell us a little bit about how you met? Yeah, (laughs) that's a that's a a pretty uh, complicated uh, it's loaded. Question. It's a definitely loaded question. <laughs> um, the life that we have today that we've developed together and the life that God has given us together is definitely a far from where things were when we first met. A miracle. A miracle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want to share, I'll let you, I'll let you share. Yeah, take it. So I was actually uh, working at a strip club when I met Tim um, and he happened to be there just it was like a friend of a friend's birthday and they went to dinner prior and, you know, somebody was like, let's go to the strip club. So he ended up there that night. And yeah, basically, that's how we met. We exchanged numbers. I He texted me later that night and I ignored him because I was like, I don't know, like. I'm not, I was taking a break from guys at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And a few days later, he texted me again. And I was like, you know what? He seems nice. He's like, I hope you're having a good day. He didn't say like, hey, beautiful or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I was like, he's like, I hope you're having a good week. I was like, oh, he seems kind of nice. Let me just see. So I texted him back. 
And we were just talking about that the other day. Like, can you believe that we have this whole life now just because you texted me back? I'm like, I know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Nicole and I met, she was uh, like living on the border of Paramount and she was in Long Beach, like on the border of Paramount, like near Compton off the of 91. Um, and, you know, like when you meet somebody like I'm a I'm the type of person like when I meet people like I, I just I see their potential and I, I connect with them. Mm-hmm. And with Nicole, like I was able to see beyond the, like the lifestyle that she was living. Yeah. And really see that, like, um, you know, like sometimes relationships and situations in our life, they put us in a position in our life where we're like lost and we don't know it. Yeah. You know, and um, I kind of got that vibe from her and it wasn't like I was coming in like, Hey, I'm going to be your savior and I'm going to save you. But it was like, I really felt really hard for her. Yeah. Uh, I fell head over heels for her and love at first sight. it was a love at first sight thing for me. And mm. the, the birthday party, I did not want to be there. So it was a total random act of God. And my friend that I was there with, he's, I'm like, man, I, I like, I love her. And he was like, are you listening to what you're saying right now? He was like, you're insane. He's like, you're insane, bro. He was like, listen to what's coming out of your mouth. He's like, you really realize how insane you are, right? But I just felt this the Holy Spirit, man. And I just knew um, that we were supposed to be together. And um, I had come out of a really, really toxic, unhealthy relationship. I had already been married once before. And um, I had, for me, like really set the standard about what I wanted and how I wanted to live my life inside of a relationship with somebody. And, um, Nicole didn't believe in the Lord when we first met. And, um, you know, that was a big turning point in our relationship, you know, uh, which was we, you know, we were talking about having kids as things got more serious and, you know, she had asked me, she said, you know, if, you know, not believing in God was going to be a problem and because he had he was bringing it up more and more and more and I was like hold up is this gonna be a problem because that's not for me like I'm I'm good like yeah you know so I asked him that is like is this gonna be a problem yeah and um I said you know I kind of like no not really you know we can work through it and uh one night we just had a a great conversation where I just told her I said you know what do you have to lose and uh you know you 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 can go back to living your life the way you were before like what do you have to lose and she gave her life uh to the Lord and I baptized her with Rick Warren wow Um, and um the rest was history I mean she was instantly similar to what happened with me and my story she was radically transformed through that experience and uh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is really amazing. So did you meet him prior to his transformation or was this after you kind of like changed your life to him? Oh, no, I had, uh, I had already been doing quite a bit of work on myself, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like, um, it sounds crazy when I tell people the story, but God will take you to some dark places, man. And, and yeah. God has always kind of like, I've always been the type of person where I go into dark places to like find lost people. That's like 
I I kind of like resonate with the, you know, Luke, like nineteen ten, where it's like seek and save the lost. Yeah. So I've always been like God. That's like a theme in my life where God was always putting me in these places to connect with certain people. Yeah. And um, I had after I had kind of been going through this transformation in my own personal journey, like I had been in a really unhealthy relationship with somebody that was unfaithful. Mm-hmm. And um, I got really hurt through the relationship, but I also was very clear about like what was fractured in me that kept me in that relationship to begin with, you know, and why was I staying in her? And a lot of it, I just kind of prolonged this relationship. And a lot of it was because I honestly didn't believe I deserved better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I had gotten so accustomed to doing relationships a certain way, you know, whether it was the chaos or, you know, just not being fully, you know, trusting and, you know, like we're, we're like, we tell each other everything. Yeah. You know, like we're so honest and that relationships from my past, like I just really got out of that relationship and I set the standard. I'm like, this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to have. And I'm not settling for anything less. And I know that in order for me to have this, like it has to come from me. Mm-hmm. Like I have to set the pace. Like I have to set the standard in my life about how I want to live my life. And, um, and I, I'm a, I'm a believer of, you know, in order to have like an Ephesians five marriage, mm-hmm. you know, you have to like the man is, he's the leader and he has to love his wife like Christ loved the church. So it's like you have to, you have it, it comes from you, right? Yes. As the lead. And as men, like if we're in our own way or we're engaging in self-destruction or we're we're not truly loving our wife like Christ loves the church, mm-hmm. you know, if 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 we don't love our wife that way, then we won't have um a good quality marriage. So I feel like what's worked for us from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, and even all the stuff we had to work through, you know, like even early on, like I mentioned, like that was, those were hurdles we had to work through. Right. And patience came into play, you know, like acceptance, right. Like uh, managing my own insecurities, you know, like how uncomfortable that is in the beginning. Right. Like dealing with that. So. In the very beginning for us, it was just about like, hey man, I got a I got a lover, and I got a lover like 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 Christ loved the church and lead and really set the tone mm-hmm. and be consistent. Like, you know, times I would hit my knees and she she was like, Oh, that's so cute that you pray. <laughs> Before I believed, you know, like I, he would pray every night. Uh-huh. And you know, I didn't want anything to do with it, but I thought it was cute. <laughs> um well yeah we were just talking about that in um my bible study that we go to one of the women said you know men need to be respected and women need to be loved and I thought that's so true you Mm -hmm. know like throughout our relationship Tim always even in the beginning I thought like is, is he is he serious he would just tell me how he felt about me like you know so strongly and like he still does that today yeah. And I always feel so confident in our relationship. Like I always, I know where he's at and, you know, like, so a woman needs to be loved and a man needs to be respected. And I think that that is something 
that really works for us in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then um, like, you know, some of the hurdles that we went through in the beginning, I think from the very beginning, like we always had really good trust. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I was still working at the club and, you know, in my mind, I was like, I'm not leaving. I was like, my job is to just make him feel comfortable with it. That was my thinking at the time, you know, obviously I think different about it now, but back then I was like, I just need to make him feel comfortable about it. So we, I would just tell him, you know, everything that happened on a nightly basis, what wasn't happening, what was happening. And I think we've always just had like really strong trust. Like we, you know, never lie to each other or withhold information or anything like that. So I think, you know, that's something that's always been really solid for us. And it's really important. I think yeah. in relationships that do have problems, that there's usually a fracture in the trust. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And when that trust is broken like that, you can supplement it by being uh, open and truthful honest. as well. Honest. Yeah, just honesty. Yeah, that's uh, one thing we always tell the people we deal with is if trust has been broken, you can supplement that with honesty, you know, because trust is lost in, in buckets and earned in drops. You know what I mean? It takes yeah. time to to build that again once it's lost. So, and I think that's a great like example in your marriage and your mm-hmm. relationship because day one you guys were just really honest with each other. Yeah, which is great because you know that's how you build so much trust and intimacy in a relationship when you're really honest. You're not pretending to be somebody else by covering up things with lies and things like that. And like, yeah. I think that when you're in a relationship where there are lies present, somebody in that relationship isn't being authentically themselves. So they're lying to themselves and they're lying to you. So it's really hard to have like close intimacy with somebody like that. So true. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, you know, you go through that honeymoon stage, right? You never want, you put on your best face when you're courting or dating for the first time, right? The honeymoon stage, right? And you know, a lot of times you can only keep up those charades for so long, mm-hmm. you know, eventually they're going to see who you really are, you know, and that's when the bad, like for me and her, when I started dating my wife, right. I hid that I chewed tobacco. I hid that I was, a, you know, a big drinker, <laughs> you know, I put on this perfect facade opening the door was yeah. all this stuff, right. Cause how you catch a thing is how you keep a thing. So, right. I did that in the honeymoon stage and then slowly but surely she started seeing these little inconsistencies in my character and she's like, whoa, 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 time out, dude, hold the pool. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, those were stuff that I had to work on, you know, for sure. I had always been really, really honest too. Like I was always like, I'll tell you the truth, like to the point where sometimes you don't want to hear it, but <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're afraid. I think like a lot of people and I can even relate with this. I mean, I remember in the beginning, I just, you know, creating that level of honesty right off the, you know, right off the bat. I think that a lot of times we're afraid to be honest inside of our relationship because we're afraid of how someone handles that honesty. Yes. It's like, how are you going to react? And, you know, and, and some people are so insecure in relationships that, you know, you talk about your ex from five years ago and they start getting weird. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, for really noticing that like the health of that relationship is was a lot of times based on you know if i'm going to bring something up and be honest right it's like it's like when your dad tells you hey you know what i won't get mad 
all right, just be honest with Pam. We'll get mad, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're honest, and then he loses, right? Loses it, right? And it's <laughs> like, meltdown. right, the old meltdown, like, and then you're like, gosh, I shouldn't have got on. So for me, it was learning that that, that level of honesty mm-hmm. wasn't going to make her, like, insecure or doubt my love for her or, and I think a lot of times that's why we fear that honesty is because of how, how does someone handle that? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, we carry a lot of stuff into relationships, you know, and especially me with my past, mm-hmm. right. And where I've been in my life. And so like, to be able to be honest, it's like, Hey, I am who I am. Right. Like you have to accept that, you know, I've been to these places in my life and I've done these things in my life and, and I'm not hiding that, like, this is who I am, you know, and there's freedom when you live like that inside of a relationship, because your wife, you know, or your husband, you know, from a wife's perspective is one of your greatest assets in terms of who are you going to go to? Like, if you're really, if a man is emotionally struggling, I tell guys this all the time, like when you're having a rough day, like where are you going to go? A lot of times, like you don't want to go to your boys. Like you want to take that to your wife and your wife to just like, you know, give you a hug and say like, Hey, it's all good. Like you're doing a great job. Like it's all good. You're, you're, you're stressed. You're tripping. Like it's all good. And if we're not being honest and we're not like, we're not pouring into that, then we're sabotaging ourselves because we're preventing the opportunity to receive that. Right. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking, or I'm just drying up this marriage and drying up this, this love and this romance. So now where do I go? Right now, I'm like in a roommate situation with my wife where I can't be vulnerable. I feel like I, I mean, that's a, that's miserable to not be able to be honest or go to your wife when you're struggling with something like, you know, every man needs that inside of his marriage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And just being able to create that safe space too. I mean, for them, for you to come to them. I know in our relationship, I wasn't a safe person she would come to me and I would flip out. And I think what it was is I had all these other stresses that I was carrying that I wasn't sharing with my wife. So when she did come to me with her problems or or issues that she was dealing with, it was just like an overload for me. So then I would completely shut her down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you make a good point there too, Dave. Because when you're not really honest about what's bothering you or other things, you can't solve problems that way. No. Right? Because no. you're not saying, hey, you know what? It really bugs me when you're on your phone all night and you're not hanging out with me. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of just like moping around the house. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I do yeah. want to say like in your content that you put out, Tim, I hear a lot of stuff about like wives and the wives perspective. And I just want to say that to me, it sounds like, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, like, even though you're the front man of Beyond Driven and the movement that you do, it really sounds to me like Nicole is the heart of it. Like you guys have a lot of conversations that it sounds like are probably very honest in order for you to have like a lot of the leading that you do to help men in marriages. Yeah. I, um, I always tell guys, you know, like, like you were mentioning too, David, it's like the, the issues that we personally struggle with, Mm -hmm. it's like, 
we think it's a communication issue in our marriage, right? And it's like, and it's not. Mm-mm. It's it's an issue with us. You know, it's an issue with me and my defensiveness or me and my hard-headedness or, you know, you're approaching me about how you're feeling and I'm I'm taking that as like, so you're basically saying I'm inadequate as a husband, right? Like, so you're saying I'm not doing good enough, right? And, and it's like, and I think that intimately understanding these problems over the years um, has given me the ability to see things from someone like from a woman's perspective in that relationship because of what's transpired inside of our marriage, mm-hmm. right? Is seeing what actually works and what doesn't work, you know? And a lot of things that you can make like work really easily. Yeah. Right. Like without, you know, like just your consist, like when you are consistent and you keep your word, right. And you do your best to manage your emotions, right. And you're trustworthy and you, you can, you can create consistency inside the marriage. You can create stability inside the marriage. You can create a better, you know, emotional intimacy, vulnerability, and physical intimacy based on simple things like your discipline and consistency, mm-hmm. right? Because you become predictable. You become somebody that if I say it, I'm going to do it, right? And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of guys are, they're trying to like reduce negativity in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's like, instead of reducing negativity, just try to increase positivity. Right. Because it's like if I if I have five or 10 great interactions during the day with my wife where I'm like, wow, honey, like your hair looks so beautiful right now. Or I'm like, hey, let me get that for you. Or I'm like, hey, so I was thinking like later on this week. Right. So I'm like I'm connecting with her. Maybe I'm doing an act of service around the house or maybe I'm just giving her a compliment or maybe like um, it those interactions pile up. If it's and then if I have a blowout at the microwave, if I'm like, damn it, and I freak out at the microwave or something, and then I'm like, just she's gonna be able to overlook that as a lapse in my character rather than a state of being that I'm always in. Yeah. Right. So those a lot of guys are like, they're trying to, they have all this, you know, that what they perceive is like, I gotta eliminate the negativity. It's like, dude, conflict is a part. Yeah, the drama. Get rid of like drama. Yeah, they want to get rid of drama. And it's like it's like, dude, conflict is a part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to learn how to resolve it. It's yeah. like, it's, it's conflict resolution. It's not absence of conflict. So stop trying to reduce and eliminate all conflict, manage the conflict better, but let's increase the ratio of good interactions that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, like how can you increase positivity? Because when you do that, she's going to be 10 times more likely to, I don't want to say overlook, but not hyper-focus on the moments where you do have a lapse of character or you do fall short. You know, you're going to get more grace for that. And the negativity snowballs. So like you're saying, if you can throw in more positivity, you kind of, you know, outweigh it. Yeah, for sure. And I like that you said that uh, manage a conflict better. Um, That's problem solving. And I think when we're able to solve problems within our marriage as a husband and wife, now we're mirroring that to our children 
and they're going to go on and they're going to be able to manage their emotions and solve problems as well. So we're actually teaching them instead of hiding it and not talking about the uh, elephant in the room. Right. So I think that's, that's, that's really awesome. You know, when couples can do that for sure. Yeah. How was marriage modeled in your home? And what's you guys home when you guys are growing up, like, what did you guys see and how did that affect you? Want to start it? Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of memory of my parents when they were married because mm -hmm. they got separated when I was in like first grade. Um, so I kind of was back and forth with my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have a lot of my, my dad did end up getting remarried and, um, mm -hmm. They have a really healthy relationship now. It was a little rocky in the beginning. They had some stuff to work through. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I had like, I guess I, I did and I didn't. My parents uh, got divorced when I was like 14, but it wasn't uh, the ideal scenario that I would want. Yeah. You know, it was um, a lot of uncontrolled anger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yelling fighting mm -hmm. not like a lot of like romance and love exchanged between one another yeah not kind of like hey my mom and dad are kind of over here and they feel this way about them you know they have this kind of beautiful thing going and then we're kind of the kids it was kind of like everybody was in their own silo yeah mm -hmm. you know it was kind of like everybody was in their own thing so um and i think um on one on one direction, my mom was very shut down her feelings a lot. Mm -hmm. Whereas my father, who's a more expressive, but not in a good way, yeah. right? He was just dysregulated and uh, very impulsive, angry outbursts, things like that. But amazing in other ways, yeah. you know, amazing in other ways in terms of his grit and his perseverance and his discipline. Um, but it was, and then you go back even further, right? Intergenerationally, like my family tree is uh, all divorce. Wow. So um, all of my, I mean, both of my my mom's parents, you know, my grand my grandparents on both sides. My my mom, her mom and dad both got divorced. Um, my dad's parents got divorced. Um, you know, so divorce was just something that was. Um, a part of our family history, you know? Yeah, that's definitely kind of like how I grew up. I grew up in a, a very broken family. Um, my parents got divorced and then they got back together. They got like, and then they would separate. And there was just like a lot of crazy stuff happening in the house with like unleashed anger. And I, crazy enough, I didn't think I ever really had an issue with anger, but yeah, I definitely I bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can now see like that it's a big issue. Um yeah. and uh because I will not be completely honest about what I'm struggling with because we are still learning how to communicate with each other and how to hear each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh and then it kind of bottles up. And yeah. so but yeah, it's a it's a learning process and yeah we're getting better at it. <laughs> yeah. There's four, uh, there's a lot of, there's four main behaviors that typically destroy a marriage, mm -hmm. right? So you have the defensiveness, right? You have stonewalling, yeah, 
right? You have um, the criticism mm -hmm. and then you have the worst one, which is contempt. Yeah. Yeah. And the contemptuous behavior is a lot of times a clear sign that you're definitely headed towards a divorce. And I think that to some degree or another, like we all deal with that inside of our marriage, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's like how, what, number one, it's like on a scale of one to a hundred, how bad is it? Right. Mm -hmm. But also like how we manage it. Um, you know, like even for my parents, they were divorced for 10 years and got back together. Mm -hmm. So my parents, um, and they have a different marriage now. Yeah. Right. And I think that's based on the work, you know, that they did, you know, and sometimes a lot of people, they have to lose what they, you know, cherish mm -hmm. to truly show back up in that situation, more conscious, mm -hmm. more aware, you know, more present and more clear, you know, because I think a lot of men, and I find this that a lot of men, um, if you're a high performing, high achieving man that like calls the shots and moves the ball forward and like you're the guy who's in control, um, those guys, they live in the illusion that they have time, right? And they live in the illusion of like, I like my wife's not going to leave me like she depends on me. And like, so they sit on the fence and they bargain with this reality of like, I have more time to waste. And they don't realize that it's like, hey, you're, you might be a guy who everybody comes to for answers to problems. But I want to tell you, like, if you don't have the answer to this problem and you're not going to look for the answer or seek the answer or try to solve this problem, you're with somebody else who has free will. Mm -hmm. There's another party involved in this situation, right? Your wife, she's not mandated to be with you, right? She's not handcuffed to you. That wedding ring is not a shackle, mm. you know? Mm. Although it can feel like it for a lot of people, it's not a shackle. So, you know, you don't have all the time that you think you do. You know, for my dad, it came out of left field, totally out of left field. The day that my dad lost his job was the day my mom told him, told him that she wanted a divorce. It was mm -hmm. the same day. And it was just boom. And it was no warning. No, we sold the house. It was over. Yeah. And then did go and, you know, get an education. Yeah. My mom went and got her master's degree, became a teacher, became work with special ed kids. Um, and my dad went on his own journey of, of his own kind of healing process and his own journey that he went on and um we I, I feel like you know sometimes in life like you know a lot of guys i work with they hit that rock bottom and they're like the only thing they care about is like getting their marriage back and it's like bro you, all you care about is this marriage and it's like but you're not focusing on it's like you need to work on you yeah mm. it's not about changing your marriage it's about changing the man that shows up to the marriage if you change the man that shows up to the marriage you're going to get a different marriage Mm. right like because you're a different guy in that marriage mm. and it's like so i think a lot of times um like i loved what you shared because you know with the anger you know like sometimes when we deal with that anger um it's not easy to admit that but it's so funny because it's so common mm -hmm. yeah like what's most personal is what's most relatable 
Mm-hmm. You know, like we think we're inside of our marriage and it's like, I'm the only one dealing with this. And it's like, everybody's dealing with this, but how are you dealing with it? Right. Are you doing what you had mentioned where it's like, Hey, you know what? I didn't think I had an issue with anger, but you know what I kind of do. And it's yeah. like, and it's like, we can kind of joke about it and kind of go like, yeah, like, yeah, it's totally normal. Like all of us do. And you know what? Like that moment of this is what I'm struggling with. Mm-hmm. It puts us in the driver's seat to like, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Cause when you get to that point where you hit rock bottom, right. You can either go left or you can go right. You could choose to work on yourself and change what you did wrong. Right. Or you can stay there and forever be perpetuated in this cycle where, Oh, woe is me. Uh, I'm a victim of this. And I've seen both ways. I've seen people come out and become overcomers. And I've seen people who are just continuously in that spot. It's almost like they got stuck right at the point where that trauma happened mm. and they never grow from there. Yeah. It's sad, you know? Unfortunately, you can't, you can only lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink a lot of times, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I had like an interesting question because your mom, once she got divorced, that's when she like started working on herself and getting her master's degree and things like that. And I think in a lot of marriages, um, it's a wonderful thing when a man is very driven and such, but I have to ask Nicole, how do you make sure that there's space still for you to be able to do all the things that you know, you want to do and you aspire to do. And Tim, how do you support her in that? How do you make the space? Because I think a lot of people um, and women, especially because we're nurturers, feel that they don't have the space to be able to work on themselves because they're taking care of everybody else. That's a good question. It's definitely, you know, as a mom, um, it's a struggle, you know, like you have to make time because you know, I do feel like I am serving everyone else all day long, my kids and my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, while he works, I'm, you know, cooking him meals, bringing him water while he's up here in the office and I'm taking care of the kids and I'm just giving, giving, giving. Um, you do have to make time. And, you know, something I love about Tim is that he's always been very supportive of me. I'm not the type of person, I hate to say this, but I'm not the type of person that like, I don't believe in myself, but I have all these lofty ideas sometimes and, but I, you know, I won't believe in myself to do something. And Tim has always been like very supportive of me. I'm very grateful to be with someone like that. Um, so like, you know, if, if I do need to do something like go to the gym or, you know, like today he took our daughter to the beach and I, it was like great timing. Cause like, I felt like it had just been like, I hadn't had a break. Like his parents were away for, and like, I just felt like it had been a while since I had had like anything. And it was really nice just sitting home today, folding laundry in the silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's very supportive, but it is, it's a struggle for sure. Like he works a lot and I'm nonstop with the kids. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times for men, me and my wife had this uh, conversation earlier. I think a lot of times men think that they are supporting, right? By providing or, or going to work. So you don't have to go to work and stuff like that. And we get caught up in that. Okay. 
And I know that's, that's wrong now, but I know I'm guilty of falling into that whole perception as well. You know what I mean? Thinking, oh, you're so lucky to be at home. You're so lucky to be with the kids. What do I give to, to just be at home? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. But man, I had to stay home for one year as during COVID. And I learned so much through that experience. Um, it was during the lockdown. Kids were on Zoom. I was having to run back and forth. We could, I couldn't take them nowhere at all because everything was locked down, right? And it was crazy. And I got to experience what she went through for the 16 years up until that point where we're we're married 16 years, right? I got to experience everything she had been doing in the household. And I tell you what, hats off to you stay-at-home moms because it is not easy. I remember thinking to myself, I'd rather be at work climbing mountains and climbing poles and building power line and giving her hell, you know what I mean? For lack of better words than being at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I said the other day, it's yeah. like, you know, I'm in, I'm in the battlefield every day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the trenches. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm so grateful. Tim has never, never, never once insinuated or made a comment about, you know, Mm-hmm. you know, being the one who makes the money or what do I do? You never said, you know, what, what did you do all day? You've never questioned me. Um, and I think that's probably because like, we, we both respect each other so much. And like, I, I think he sees how hard I work and mm-hmm. I see how hard he works where like, you know, I think that it's kind of like, we're both just like grinding all day that, you know, we respect each other that way. Like it just, it, it really flows and works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm going to be, it's like, you know, I always having x-ray vision on that. It's like, if I'm going to be a person that comes home and then like, you know, opens up a beer and sits on the couch and then I'm like, what'd you do all day? It's like, where's that coming from in me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's like, here I am, here this person is, like, pounding a beer, talking down to somebody. It's like, to me, it's like, well, are you at your best right now? Mm -hmm. Like, and where is this coming from in you? Like, to me, it's like, I think a lot of people, a lot of men will use that as a justification to rationalize, like, not having to elevate the standard right? Like in their marriage, it's like, you are, I'm a believer of if you're a good man, and if you live in alignment with the will of God, Mm. your wife will organize around you. Mm -hmm. Like your wife is going to organize around your energy. Like if you're passive aggressive, if you're aggressive, if you're overreacting, if you're an alcoholic, your wife's going to organize around that in her own way and it's going to be broken and unhealthy but if you're in complete alignment with the will of god inside your marriage your wife will organize around you Mm -hmm. you and and organize around you i mean in the sense of come next to you and support you Mm -hmm. right and 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 be on your mission with you right and and want to support that mission and want to be supporting your you know what you're doing to spearhead this family you know and i think that when guys the they're not sharpened and they've gotten dull from life right Mm -hmm. and they're struggling with something and it's like 
that's when those behaviors happen. You know, the a lot of the contempt and um, the criticism and talking down and put downs. It's like, why would you need to do that, bro? It's like, if you're happy, then you're happy. Like, I've never met anybody with high self-esteem that had the need to talk down to their wife. Mm-hmm. You know, like that doesn't exist. So your relation, like what is relationship? God creates relationship to amplify human emotion. It's like, and what are you, what is being amplified in your marriage? Is it, you know, toxicity and anger and resentment and insecurity and, you know, mistrust? What's being amplified? Or is it passion and gratitude and service and peace? And, you know, what's being amplified inside your marriage? Because the marriage is going to bring out all the parts of you that you need to work on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like the marriage, all the marriage does is it's like a mirror and it just reflects back to you and says, hey, this is all the stuff you need to work on. And people go, oh, it's easier to be single. Mm -hmm. Well, the only reason people say that is because they don't have to face, they get to live their life without having any of these inner issues become any sort of a hindrance inside of their relationship, Mm -hmm. inside of a marriage, right? is you really working on yourself for that other person Mm -hmm. right it's like who am i giving who am i giving to this person right like what version of me and and i've always been in the belief and this has happened in our marriage and this has only happened because of god not because of me yeah right but because of what god has done in me and through me that i'm humbled and honored to be a part of i'm blessed which is like when when you when you take on that mentality of like how, how is how is who i'm going to be as a husband going to impact this person hmm. right like will i be a positive influence will i be a voice of reason will i be a beacon of hope like will i be their encourager will i be their supporter like who am i going to be for them because if i'm living with them like I'm going to have an impact on their life. So what is that impact going to be? You know, you guys are not the same people that you were when you met. You know, we're not the same people that we were when we met, you know, and that transformation happens. Like you take two colors and you put those colors together and it makes a new color. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what God does inside that marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. two become one, that, that cord gets tied and it looks different you know, and you look different. So it's, it's like, if I'm in a marriage with somebody after five years, I'm going to be different. And either I'm going to be better, or I'm going to be maybe not as good. And I always need to look at myself and say, like, you know, people, they, when they talk about their relationship, it's like, hey, you're in this relationship. You're 50% responsible, and you keep this relationship. So if you're going to talk negatively about your wife all the time, it's like you're just you're the state of existence that your wife is in every day is a reflection of what what are you putting in? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you putting in? You're talking negatively about your wife, but it's like, dude, number one, do you understand how bad that sounds of you talking negatively in public about your wife? Do you understand how bad of a look that is for you? Like, do you understand you're really revealing to the world and to everyone around you? Like when guys talk like blanket statements, oh, you know, like, oh, that's just my wife. Like, 
and they have these kind of condescending statements that they make. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're really like, how close are you really with her? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and I think that goes back to like, what, what model do we have for a healthy relationship? And for me, I think the only model that I ever had that was healthy was God. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Like, I don't think either one of us had like a really healthy, you know, marriage model for us, but like 100%, the reason that we do have a healthy marriage is because of God. And like, I don't even know if we'd still be together, you know, if I hadn't gotten saved, you know, if, if it wasn't for God, you know, like it, you know, totally transformed us as people, like, and in the marriage, like we have a godly marriage, you know, like Tim has his role as the provider, you know, I, I come as a humble wife who respects him, you know, and that came with time, like God changed my heart over the years and like has, you know, been sanctifying me the last five years, like I'm not the same person I'm, you know, far from the same person that I was five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is 100% because uh, we keep God at the center of our marriage. You know, it's like, yeah, how how did we end up with this great marriage? Like, we didn't, we didn't have that modeled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it too. It's like, like, I think of um, like that one time I was in the office, and I had my phone out. And then I think like, my son, he was crying in the crib. And she had, I think, asked me to do something. And I was on my phone, like ADD on my phone. Right. And she was, I think you came in the office and you were like, are you, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious? Like, are you seriously doing this? And it's like, in moments like that, we never take that at face value. It's like, can't, in a you have to be able to not take it personal and understand it's like this is somebody who's going through something and sometimes that might be projected at you mm-hmm. but that's okay it's not about you mm-hmm. and it's like in that moment if i can see like this isn't who she really is this is who she really is when she's really worked up and stressed out mm-hmm. wow. and it's like so if i can see if i can have x-ray vision and not make it about me. It's like you're talking like that to me, like, and all of a sudden I'm taking it I think personal. You saw that I wasn't mad at you. I was mostly mad that like the baby was getting woken up and I would just put the baby to sleep. Like I think that was the real reason that yeah. I was mad. I wasn't mad at you. And then like a lot of times, you know, when Tim gets really upset, like a lot of times I can, I'm like, is your back hurting you? Or like, um, like I can see that it's because like, you know, he's struggling with back pain. So he's really short with me or like, yeah. um, you know, he's really has a lot going on with work. Like a lot of times I can see past what, you know, we call it like the x-ray vision. Like if somebody gets upset, like, is it really about that or is something else bothering you? And a lot of times, like, we're really good at seeing that. That's awesome. We just did a podcast with, um, Carolyn and Alan Fisher last weekend. Um, oh, nice. They're world champion arm wrestlers, amazing people. And they've been married 39 years. And we asked them, you know, what has, what's the secret of their marriage? And they basically said that fighting 
<laughs> was like one of the ba- like one of the secrets of their marriage that and God, but they said not to be afraid to fight. And I just wanted to like yeah. kind of pony off of what you were saying earlier because through their fights, they've grown closer and stuff like that. Like they they've learned to face those things through the fights. It's it's really just eye-opening for a lot of people because I think people think when you get into a marriage, especially if you haven't had a good marriage modeled for you growing up, like I didn't, and I don't think David had a, a great model of what like a healthy interaction is between parents. Um, you kind of think that sometimes fighting isn't necessarily a good thing that if you're fighting all the time, and when I say fighting, I mean, healthy fighting, there's a right way and a wrong way, right? Yeah, there's definitely like we have non-productive fights sometimes, where things just come out really messy, and both of us are really messy about it. And then, you know, we come back and we recuperate, and then we have a progressive conversation about all those messy emotions. But if you're having those kinds of fights, you it's probably a good indicator that you're trying to learn and grow. And I think some people think that if they're fighting in their marriage, that it's a bad thing. But like what you said is when you're in a marriage, it shows you what is inside of you, Mm -hmm. what is actually kind of broken inside of you and what you kind of need to work on. God created these relationships so that way we can be per like, grow as people not necessarily be comfortable as people right we he his intention is for us to grow as people we should be always intending to grow as people furthering ourselves and when you're fighting in a marriage that can be a good thing if you can do learn to do it in a progressive manner yeah and i think that's why culture nowadays really harps on how affairs are this wonderful thing because affairs are a vanity mirror. It's Mm. not a real relationship. It's this vanity mirror showing you that all the things you want to hear, all the things you want to know about yourself and none of the real stuff, right? And the real relationships, the real meaningful things happen in the hard times in the marriage. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I think you do learn a lot about each other in an argument because like you were saying before, like, you know, it's not good to bury things. So when you do kind of like, you know, have an outburst and, you know, something comes out, it's like, you're learning like, okay, what is like really important to you? What, you know, what makes you tick? What makes you work as a person? What really bothers you? So like you, you do learn a lot about someone as you argue. And then like, you know, how can you learn conflict resolution or like how to have a healthy relationship without the arguing? Mm-hmm. One and thing is, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say one thing that's really helped me is if you have the same core values inside of a marriage, if your wife gets upset about something, that you might not agree with if you look at what it's tied back to in terms of core values it's actually something that you want too. like for example like if my wife gets upset that i'm home late 
and and dinner's ready and I'm home late. And I said I was going to be home, but I came home late and she's upset. It's like, and maybe she snaps at me and she's like, I thought you said you were going to be home on time. And, and I, maybe I take that personal and I get upset and I take that, you know, it's like, if I tie that back, it's like, well, this dinner time is important to me too. It's like, so I should actually be grateful that she's upset because this ties back to something that I value too. Mm. And I think a lot of times inside of marriage, like if there is conflict, if we can look at what it's tied back to in mm. terms of core values, it might seem like we disagree on the surface, but if we tie it back, we actually are both valuing a core value. Mm-hmm. It's just coming out in different ways. You know, it's it's uh, like if we're disagreeing about where they go to school, it's like we both value the safety and education of our kids. And it's like it's there's argument about what's happening, but it's like we hold the same core value. And if we could go back to the core value and say like, hey, what are we really concerned about here? Mm-hmm. What is it that's really bothering us? And are we on the same page with this value? Yes. You know, I think a lot of times I have come to appreciate a lot of the, arg- you know, any of the arguing or any disagreement. Or the nagging. You know, or any, <laughs> yeah, because it always ties back to, like, it, like, for example, our businesses are on our phone. Mine is on my phone. Mine is inside of technology. So it's like, if I'm on my phone and she's getting upset, it's like this ties back to what? A core value that I have of what? Spending quality time with my wife, making sure she doesn't feel neglected and making sure that we're connected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I think it it, it really ties back to core values. You were going to say, David? Oh, no, I was just going to talk about how that a lot of times when we're getting into these arguments, right? Being able to communicate, right? Having those core values like you're talking about, right? I think allowing ourselves to be messy, you know, um, having grace. I think that's a big thing, right? Because we're not going to get it right as husbands. I'm messy. I say things that I don't mean. You know, I get, I get caught up in the moment and I'm trying to communicate to my spouse or whatever. And it may not come out correctly at that moment. But if, I, if she gives me the grace, right, to stop and think about what I'm actually trying to say, then I can change it to and, and kind of communicate more of my heart to her, right? And then her having the grace to be able to say, hey, okay, now I understand what you're saying versus just getting upset about it, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think as a, as couples, we need to just allow ourselves to be messy and allow ourselves to have that grace. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's amazing because I mean, I, I was not familiar with, you know, what I grew up with was performance-based love. Me too. So love was something you had to earn. You know, love was something you had to work for. It was something you had to prove that you deserved. And I think a lot of us as men, we we don't know unconditional love. And especially when we don't have a relationship with God, all we know is like, I got to work for my my worth is what I accomplish. So my worth is is based in the external. Mm-hmm. So I get in a relationship with somebody and it's like, they want to know all of me. And it's like, well, 
I'm not comfortable like telling you everything because I don't, I'm afraid that like you're going to feel different about me. And that was a startling revelation for me inside of our marriage, which was I can tell her anything and she literally doesn't flinch. She doesn't even bat an eye. And because she can see beyond all of it and see deep inside me and loves me unconditionally, regardless of what I do regardless of what I accomplish. And that doesn't give me the green light to like not, you know, live above reproach, but it it gives me the ability to like mm-hmm. go to her in in that honesty, like you were saying, and 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 truly be transparent and be okay being fallible. You know, like 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 hey man, like I know I did that. Like that was a total wreck. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a total mess. Like Man, that sucked. Like, I, I totally, I totally ruined that. Like, I totally ruined that. You know, and making it, it's kind of funny because you're, you're okay with, it It puts a confidence in you as a husband yes. to know, like, I'm okay. I, I can crush it over here, kill it in this area, and I can be messy and not be perfect. And my family loves me, man. And they still love me the same. And they don't hold it against me. And they don't have this unrealistic expectation of that I'm supposed to be this type of person. It's like our wives know we're already carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And a lot of wives don't know that because the guy doesn't share that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he lives with this crippling like pressure, which a lot of times just causes him to implode or explode and destroy the very thing that's designed to support him. Mm. You know, I found that a lot of men that I deal with, they're under the impression that their wives already know what they're going through. Yeah. That's dangerous, right? That is absolutely dangerous. I like what you said, you know, you need to share that with them. Be open, be honest. What is intimacy into me? See, Right. We got to be open to yes. um, that naked marriage that some podcasts have talked about. Right. Yes. Um, I think that's been a number one kicker for a lot of guys I've dealt with is their assumption. Mm-hmm. Right. Assuming, well, she should know I'm tired. I just worked 24 hours straight, eight hours off. You know, I just bought her a, a, a Mercedes right. a wagon or whatever. Right. You know, right. And expecting her to be happy. But at the same token, like my wife used to tell me. I don't care about that. I want you. You're the only per- you're the only thing I want. I don't care about a nice house, nice car, nice ring, any of that stuff. I want you. I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Mm-hmm. He it was at, at during a time when he would like he worked out of town five days a week, and so we I I would always say I'm dating my husband because I only saw him on the weekends, you know, and um, he would you know renovate the kitchen or do all these things <laughs> like really go all out i'm talking like full-blown projects like make the house nice type of stuff but it was never home unless he was there mm-hmm. so and i would explain that to him and ultimately he ended up feeling like whatever he did wasn't enough for me mm-hmm. When I didn't need all those things, I didn't want, I I wasn't asking for those things. I was asking for him. I was asking for him to be with me, to see me, to live life, live life with me, to understand that, you know, problems with me and stuff like that. That was the main thing that I wanted. And that's the main thing I still 
always want. I just want him to listen. I just want him to be yep. there. You know what I mean? Like we could be in the most beautiful mansion in the world, but if if we're not in alignment in our marriage, it's lonely. Yeah. If yeah. you're not there, it's lonely. It's really important to communicate and talk about those needs. Like we were kind of just going over that stuff recently. We were talking about, you know, like the five love languages. Mm -hmm. And um, it just kind of reminds me, you were in Mexico for a few days. And, you know, that day I knew he was coming home. So I like cleaned the house. I got the kids all dressed. I think um, what I, I was just doing things to, you know, he, I knew he was coming home and all day I was kind of preparing for him to come home. And then he made a comment like about that. I didn't say something or, or show verbally that I was like, you know, excited that he was coming home. So it was like in one way. It's going to make it about us, bro. You know? so it was like, yeah, maybe, maybe you think that you're showing it by remodeling the house and you feel like you're showing it in one way. Mm -hmm. um, but you're, you're just kind of like, you're not, you guys aren't connecting yeah. there. It goes back to expectations where I think a lot of times too, as men, it's like, we think, oh, my wife should know how I feel about her. She knows. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, no, women are different. They, they want to hear it. Yeah. Like they want to hear how you genuinely feel about them, that reassurance. And even us as men, like, you know, it does something inside of a relationship when you can constantly let somebody know, like, and especially, and I, and I emphasize this a lot, you know, when we as men, when we develop our self-awareness uh, and our emotional intelligence, our empathy increases. Mm -hmm. Our empathy increases. So I start to take a look at myself and I go, well, if I'm feeling like this, what is she feeling like? Mm -hmm. And that instead of being defensive, I start to get curious. Mm -hmm. And when I start to get curious that opens me up to a world of possibilities with my wife, because then I'm before my wife even says something to me about like what she's upset about. I can, I can look at her and I can validate her and I can say, Hey, I know you probably feel this and this because of this and this, is that true? And she'll go, yeah. And it's like a lot of guys sit and wait right for their wife to share well i don't know if she's upset. well i don't know it's like come on bro you don't know like you act like you're clueless like take a like take a look at yourself and because you don't understand how things trigger you and how that's connected to something from your past right even maybe a previous relationship you're not able to see, you're just looking at surface level issues inside your marriage mm -hmm. like this is not a surface level problem you know, like a lot of this is stuff that you brought into it, like where guys will say, you know, my wife, uh, you know, dumps her emotional baggage on me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so you look at your wife's emotions as baggage. So, so that's your perception about your wife's internal struggles is that it's emotional baggage. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's like, so that already you're off already. Mm. Right? So, so much. And I think because as men, we see vulnerability in our previous life prior to a marriage, growing up with men, around men, the bravado, you know, the masks that men have to wear, we see vulnerability as a weakness. It's like vulnerability, share my emotions. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not telling somebody about how I feel. I'm not shedding a tear. Like, no, like oh, that, that made me insecure. No, it didn't. It made you insecure. It didn't make me insecure. 
right? And it's like, we use this ego as a defense mechanism. And inside of a marriage, that wall has to come down. Like for in my life, I created walls, man. Yeah. You know, I created walls in my life and they made me feel safe. And in a lot of ways, they were really good adaptive responses to the early environment that I was in. It was a way that I stayed safe, protected myself. It was self-preservation. But later in my life, those walls that I created became like a prison. That's like, you can't love your wife through the glass. No. You know what I mean? Like you can't have intimacy through the glass, through this wall, you know, like you have to take down these walls and a lot of what served you in one environment is going to be counterproductive in another environment. So you need to understand that what you're seeing, it's like, this goes back to you, man, take the walls down, take the mask off, you know, to remove it, man, because you can, you don't have to be a one dimensional man, you know, like who you are as a lineman, you're not that same guy with your wife. You know, like you're a different guy, you know, like who you are with your kids is not who you are privately with your wife. You know, it's like to be multidimensional as a man, it's not just like, you know, father the audience. It's like, hey, go tell dad what you did today at school or father the disciplinarian, right? Like, hey, you know, dad's on his, this is what the kids did today. It's like, okay, well, dad's going to now discipline you guys. It's like, or, you know, father the, uh, you know, the provider where dad's just a paycheck. It's like, no, we're called to be multidimensional. Sometimes we're called to be a nurturer. And yeah. every moment as a father and as a husband requires a different version of you. If somebody attacks my wife in public, that moment requires violence from me. Mm -hmm. And I better be capable of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I'm, my wife is hurt emotionally inside of our house, that moment requires empathy and compassion from me. It's like, if my wife is down and not believing herself, that moment requires encouragement from me. It's like, if my wife is sick in the bed, it's like that moment requires discipline for me. It requires me to take on burdens and responsibilities that, you know, to help even out the distribution of the work that needs to be done. It's like, I need to learn as a husband to meet the moment with what the moment most requires from me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what does this moment require from me right now? Is it going to be the same one dimensional version of me, like, you know, stuffing a round peg through a square hole and it's like, this isn't working. You know, this isn't working. Why is this not working? And it's like, bro, pivot, mm -hmm. like stop trying to use your power through mentality and, and pivot and, and become multidimensional. There's, there's those tools, you know, and they have like, it's the, it's the, you know, universal tool. I think all the different tools on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swiss army knife. Yeah. yeah. It's like get that Swiss army knife out, dude. Like you got a lot of stuff on there. You even got a little toothpick on there, bro. Like get to work. You know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Honestly, I think like it all just goes back to God. Like you have to have a God centered marriage. And like, even like, even getting, like getting into the word and like, what does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about the wife's role, about the husband's role? Like just yeah. praying all the time, praying for each other, because like I said, God molded us into these people mm -hmm. that we are today. And like, even, you know, I believe that God brought us together, like knowing how perfect we were together. So like, all of it goes back to God. 
Yes. Like I, I can't have a conversation about how great our marriage is without bringing that up because that is the biggest part of it. I would say look past the imperfections, right? A lot of times inside of our, our relationships, we want to get the person to conform to who we want them to be, mm-hmm. right? To meet a version of ourselves that we are maybe right now, instead of like, maybe I need to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that naturally we do that because sometimes we might naturally not want to change or resist change or not think that we have to. Mm-hmm. So look past the imperfections. And then also the second part to that would be you know, appreciate, right, and be grateful and express that gratitude for things that you truly value and appreciate about that relationship or about that person. Like, I try to be as vocal as possible as often as possible about anything that I can recognize and appreciate. Mm. You know, and and I I've created a culture inside of our relationship where. I am like she'll like the other day, you know, like I think it was, it was yesterday. She turned to me. I was downstairs getting some water and she was like, I'm really struggling today. Like my mindset's just not like um, I think you said something like you were like, it's been a tough week for me or something like that. Just feeling like lazy, not on it, a mess. Yeah. She's like, I'm disorganized oh, and yeah. I'm not. And I'm like, look at me. I'm like, you're not disorganized. And I was like, look how organized you are. Like, and I started pointing out everything and it's like, I love that. Like, I love, I love to do that with people in general. Mm-hmm. It's my nature, but it's a thousand times better if I can do it with my wife. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes in, you know, previously in my life, I used to think like, oh, it's not moving the ball forward in, in another area. Then it's like, it's not productive, you know? And it's like, we learn inside relationships, like everything you do inside this relationship everything you pour inside this relationship will be multiplied and come back to you tenfold. Mm-hmm. And you that know? really did when he did that, that really changed the trage- trajectory of my whole day. Like it really, he was like, listen to the story that you're telling yourself. It's just a story. Mm-hmm. He was like, change the story. He's like, look, you, you are doing it. You're not this. He's like, change the story. And it really just by like how powerful words are. He came in yeah. and said that to me in the kitchen and my whole day changed. And you've done that for me. Like, and, and I think that we creating that. So it's definitely looking past the imperfections and definitely appreciating, you know, pointing out what you do appreciate and, and knowing that you can, you know, I've been in situations in my life where I'll tell you right now, I, I can bring out the worst in people around me. You know, I have been the worst influence on people ever, ever, right? Yeah. And if I can bring out the worst in people around me, I can bring out the best in them too. Like what makes me think that I can't bring out the best in somebody else? And I think a lot of men and a lot of women believe or don't believe that they can bring out the best in their spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, you can bring out the best qualities in them or you can bring out the worst. Right. And I think that that's so true. It's about, you know, who do we show up? Right. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Right. Who do we show up as? <laughs> right. What is the version of us that shows up to the problem inside their marriage? What is the version of us that shows up to our to a moment of intimacy or a potential you know disagreement? 
how are we showing up? How are we meeting that moment, right? And walking through the door with everything we carry with us, like you're working on power lines all day in the hot sun, man. You're coming across the threshold of your door with a ton of burdens and stress and weight and responsibility. And um, it's like, as we cross that threshold, it's like, I'm here now. You know, and my wife greets me and says, like, hey, honey, like, let me grab that for you. Like, hey, I, I got I got something for you. Like, or hey, I I wanted to run something by you, but relax for a little bit. We'll talk about it in a minute. I'm so proud of you. Like, wow, really love that haircut. It's it's seriously the smallest things that we do. It's like every time just making deposits in that emotional bank account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like when you he's Tim's very nostalgic. He'll talk about our wedding all the time and talk about when we first met. And you know, every time he does that, that just like solidifies his love for me and just makes our relationship that much more solid, you know? And it's just by saying these little things throughout the day. Mm -hmm. He's painting the picture through his words. He's creating the atmosphere. And I like that as a leader, that's what we're called to do. Creating that atmosphere. And I think it's so easy for that uh, to just stay inside and maybe you know, maybe you think about our wedding or think about how much you love mm -hmm. me. And I think it's so easy for it to just be up here and mm -hmm. not come out. But I think it, you know, you have to make a habit of mm -hmm. verbalizing that yeah. stuff. And what woman doesn't want to hear those things? Right. Like, honestly, the wife wants, your wife wants to know that you're like her everything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that you think of her all the time and that you love her and that you think she's the most beautiful woman and that you feel as a husband happy and grateful that you want her as a prize. Like mm. she's a prize, yes. a wife. Like that's what a wife really wants to know. Like, honestly, mm -hmm. and if you feel that way, you will follow your husband. You will respect your husband. You will serve your husband. You will be kind to your husband and you will, you know, be faithful to your husband when you feel like you're everything to them, you know? Hmm. No, yeah. When you know that you are loved like that by your husband, you can be submissive. You can mm -hmm. be respectful you can come in with a submissive heart because I think I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that you know and especially people who don't know the Lord like what you know submissive what but if if I know that my husband loves me the way that he does I can be submissive because I know that he has my best interest at heart if I don't know that how can I be respectful and submissive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on our show and just sharing what you guys do to be yeah. successful. Um, it's always a pleasure, Tim. Love you, bro. It, yeah, I love you too, man. Thank you. Thanks thank you for guys. having us. Absolutely. Can you guys share, Tim? I know you have this uh, this uh, free training um, for yeah. in relationships. Can you share that right now? And I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, you. absolutely. Join you. So um, beyond-driven.com mm -hmm. um, and beyond underscore underscore driven on Instagram and then beyond dot driven on TikTok. And um, yeah, we have a free training. We have a free Facebook group um, where we just provide insight and we provide value to people. You know, there's a lot of people that are struggling inside their relationships. So um, we also have the total breakthrough Academy 
uh, which is a private coaching program that um, I have with, you know, we have team members, we have coaches that work with us. We have a course, um, we have an app, we have tools and skills that we teach people how to actually apply into their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we do live calls during the week where we talk about skills and strategy, and we just help guys open up um, really that Pandora's box, so to speak, of all the stuff that they've you know, been carrying and dealing with you know, in and outside of their marriage so that they can just step up and be the leader and the husband that they need to be and want to be. Mm. You know, um, so yeah, we, we offer that free training. Um, and you know, I'm always happy to connect with anybody that's struggling, you know what I mean? And, uh, however we can help them and provide them value, um, is always, you know, top of mind for me. Right on. Well, once again, guys, thank you so much. And if you guys ha- haven't gave him a follow, we gave, he gave you the information how to follow him. Um, he's doing an amazing thing, guys. So thank you once again to Tim and his wife, Nicole. Thank you guys for coming on our show. Thank you. Thank both. you.